Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up, especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today we got Will Meadows, Sarah Meadows, Melissa Delp, Kevin Delp, and Katie Pills in the house. We're here playing games, talking about games, getting ready and getting excited about upcoming games and conventions. In this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the games that are coming to Kickstarter. We've got a shout out for some episode sponsors that we're going to be doing later in the episode. And we're going to be talking about a local convention that's coming up in Atlanta. I guess it's local, right? Like three hours from where we're at, uh, that we're going to be looking forward to attending in just a couple weeks uh, that we're going to be involved in. But before we get to all those fun things, is there anything that you guys have been playing recently, had an opportunity to get on the table that you want to share with our listening audience? Is that a no? <laughs> um, are they... Um, they were all fine. They were chopping at the bit. We just got to play um, Zombicide Gear Up. Ooh, yes, we did. Which is a... Zombicide themed flip and fill game. It was very cool. And we just did a viewpoints video on that one. Check we, that out. That might be live by the time you listen to this episode next week. Maybe. Depends on, depends on how excited Ryan is. Is he like, we're waiting on a, a little snippet, I think, that we're going to insert from Ryan. Yeah. We got to get him over here to jump in. Yeah. Because he wasn't able to be here tonight. Need Ryan's for the video. at least like at least one minute opinion. Exactly. Yes. That's for sure. I mean, he's played almost all the Zombicide games, right? Oh, yeah. So he's got to have at least an opinion. Yeah, he will. He'll have an opinion. Okay. Ryan always has an opinion. I don't even know. What's Ryan's general consensus on revealing right foot and right games in general? Is he a fan? I I think he thinks they're all right. Um, They tend to be, uh, I mean, I I think he thinks they're okay. um, Was he the only one in our top 10 last year that didn't have Hadrian's Wall? No, oh, I didn't have Hadrian's Wall. Oh, Kevin didn't either. Okay. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, probably Ryan too. I, I don't know that flipping rights or flipping fills or whatever are necessarily his thing. Zombicide, the regular Zombicide is is much more his thing. Yeah. So is this pulling him in, do you think? This is the this is his crossover game? It might be. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll you, see. What do you guys think of? I would say for a Zombicide game, it was fine. It's one to six player co-op game, so it felt Zombicide to for me. I would probably choose other roll and write games to play if I wanted a roll and write game feel in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I would agree with Kevin's opinion on that for sure. I would say it is the only Zombicide game that I thoroughly enjoyed. I always end up not doing well when I need to do well in Zombicide. Like, oh, I got all this movement. There's nothing to go oh, there's do. Nothing to do. There's a yeah. lot of chairs. Yeah, in the regular Zombicide game. All these things attacking you. Oh, you failed on everything. You're dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's <laughs> usually my experience So much more strategic, Zombicide. right? Yeah. Like, there, well, there isn't. Like, uh, yeah. this game, yeah. yes, there's a lot more strategy. Yeah. And thinking about, like, if I do this, mm-hmm. I could help my neighbor... Instead, because it is cooperative, so I could help them, or I could 
um, try and kill the zombie that's going to be attacking me soon. So or even I, as you're filling in the shapes, since it's Tetris-like shapes, I don't know if we said that yet or not, on your zombie, you can be like, oh, I know eventually a blue card will flip, so I'll make sure I leave a space in my zombie so it fills properly. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a little less left to chance in this game yeah. versus regular zombicide games. I will, however, put this in there, is that... The regular Zombicide games, it's just a different type of strategy. You for have sure. to be ready mm, for those possible fails. Katie and that is uh, correct. Ryan. I'm not that great, but Ryan is very good at, you know, tactical movement games, which is why he enjoys Zombicide a lot. I will say that I think this game proved to me that any game in existence can be turned into a roll and write successfully and can still feel the theme. It was a strange to hear that that was going to even mm-hmm. be. I was like, what? How is that even possible? Like you said, Katie, in the viewpoints, and you can go watch it, but really quickly, it's a the first time they took the zombicide away from the mechanic that you're used to zombicide. Exactly. So I yeah. thought that interesting. Hear more about Katie's thoughts on the viewpoints. Yeah. You? But, but I've definitely still felt zombicidal. As far as like, <laughs> coming in, I got to survive. We're working as a team. Like, I think it captured all the important, like the essence of the zombie side. Also, I have a question, which is, I hear some people saying it zombie side. Am I saying it wrong? Is it not zombie side? I, I think like pecan, pecan, doesn't matter. I, I prefer zombie side. Thank you. Okay, good. Because yeah. there, there's <laughs> like the way it's spelled. It, it doesn't finish out zombie. Mm hmm. So I would assume it you're clipping the sound. Good. I'm with Katie. We can all agree on this. Excellent. I Melissa and I played um, a game called Cheeky Monkey. Has anybody heard of this game? Cheek Guy Monkey? I'm just kidding. No, I've not heard I've of heard it. of Cheeky Monkey, but um, I think that's a kid's book. So <laughs> I don't think it's the same thing. It could be. I, I think it's a, a pretty old game yeah. that's been rethemed a few times, but it was a push-your-luck game where you're trying to get... A zoo of animals. Yeah, tokens that you're flipping over, but you don't want to match because then you'll bust. You're pulling tokens from a bag. But if you match a token that's on top of someone else's stack, you can take it. And if you get a monkey, you can trade a token with somebody. Mm -hmm. And basically, as you get the tokens, if you don't bust, you're going to stack them on top and... Whatever's on top is what's vulnerable to other people. And then... And they all have different numbers of animals in the bag. So there's like only two elephants in the bag. But there's like 10 cheeky monkeys. So mm-hmm. it's like... there, And every animal has a different number. So at the end of the game, you're going to get points if you have the majority of the animal in your zoo. So... Oh. It's it's very like it's it's very. What are these, what are these stacking tokens? Are they like, uh, like poker wood, chips? Or are they well, like, the ones we had I think were like wooden discs. They, okay. they were nice, but I think now... The I think they the new one is like not as nice components <laughs> if you can just get it on Amazon or something like that. <laughs> so the older version had the nicer components. Who do you know who the publisher is? I think originally it was Eagle Griffin. Okay. So I was trying to figure out if this is like a Haba game or if this is like a strategy. Yeah. Like it, it definitely felt looking. more like a Haba type. Yeah. Like, I was like just, kids would love it. I was just thinking like, oh, that sounds like something I could play with my kids. Yeah. It's but like, they'd probably doing, get angry about stealing maybe, somebody else's all, it, play, it plays fast. All you're doing is pulling a chip out of the bag. And then you're like, do I want to take another chip? If you ever get a, is it a second of the same animal. So if you ever get a second of the same animal when you draw, then you bust. Oh, okay. So it's like, oh, how far do I want to go? And then like you're matching things. And yeah, 
the light pusher luck ones are fun when you're like, oh yeah, this is just goofy and fun. It I hate it, the pusher luck when it ruins everything. <laughs> it does it very well. The game Cheeky Monkey. Um, if you ever look, you can still find it out there. It's just not going to be uh, the component quality is going to be a little less. But I think it still would be a fun game. Oh, cool stuff. Speaking of animal games, we played Cat in, in the Box. Cat in the Box. Out of the Box. Cat in the Box. Around the Box. No, in. From Bezier Games. Uh, Jonah had an opportunity. Not Jonah. Larry. Larry had an opportunity to play that while he was at Origins, and he was excited to teach it to us. And, I mean, I think we got it right eventually. <laughs> we did. But it was an interesting game. It's a trick-taking card game where you... the cards that you're playing with don't have like faces on them i mean they have numbers but there's no like colors yeah no suits and uh, so you're determining that with your tokens on a central board which is very interesting and uh, yeah that's basically it would you (laughs) what do you guys think of the first of all let me just say cat in the box was originally i think at in China, it, like it, it was debuted Published in China. In now Bezier is bringing it to the states, and it's a deluxe edition. So mm-hmm. that's what they're bringing. So the components are they were fun components. Yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to let the let the audience know that this is coming to the United States from Bezier. Yeah. The, so there's a couple different aspects of the game. At the beginning of the round, you kind of bet how many tricks that you're going to typical trick taking claiming how many you're going to win one two or three and then as you're placing your tokens on the board to say say i lead and i play a seven the cards are one to nine i then determine tell people that this is going to be a blue seven so i put my token on the blue track on the seven spot everyone else now has the opportunity to follow suit play a card, and put their token in the blue. If they decide not to follow suit, then they can never play on the blue track again. Which is interesting. How soon do you jump in and say, like, no, I'm going to go ahead and make mine a trump card, but then I'm not playing blue the rest of the game. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing looking at your cards, and they're all the same color, and trying to think about what What colors could they be? Could I make them? And there's only one blue spot for a blue seven mm. on the board so once that's what you're trying to wrap your that, mind around no one else can ever play a blue seven mm-hmm. on top of that you're trying to get your tokens adjacent to each other because if you do match your bid of i'm gonna win two tricks and you do win two tricks you get bonus points for your adjacent tokens so if i played a blue seven and a blue six and then a Let's say, was it green, green or whatever colors below blue? So like a green six, all three of those are going to be next to each other. And I'll get bonus points for clustering them together. Well, it's just an added layer of of. Yeah, it was a mental thought. exercise. <laughs> Jonah was pointing out, like, normally you when you play a trick-taking game, you sort your cards. You know, like, I got three red ones and three black ones, three clubs, three spades. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have to think on your turn. Like, you just know which card you have to play because it's what you were dealt. Mm-hmm. And being able to choose what suit it is. Right. And you don't know. Freeze up so much. Like, I didn't know if Will was going to be like, oh, I'm going to lo- I'm gonna just, like, not play in yellow anymore, which would then affect how I would play. Because right. if you're not in yellow anymore, they're like, oh, then I might be able to win yellow. Because you're never allowed to play yellow again. Yeah, it was so. very interesting. I feel like I probably waited too long to play Trump now that I'm thinking about it. Like, I want oh, yeah. to play right now. I'd be like, first turn, pff, Trump. I don't need to play blue the rest of the game. <laughs> All the rest of the time, I'm just going to play red. This would be great. But then if you get stuck, then you're out. The game's over, uh, and then you get negative points. Right. That's Woo. which they tell you about when it happens to you. No, it was told at the beginning <laughs> of the totally game. I totally did not hear that rule. <laughs> 
Oh, it was interesting. All right, so anything else that's hot on the table recently? Or are we going to jump into our shout-out to the sponsor? Let's go. This episode is sponsored by Little House Board Games. They are bringing a collection of three games to Kickstarter. These are 18 hex games named ISO, Pantheon, and Hextremadora, and we'll talk about them more in our Kickstarter conniption. Let's go, Kickstarter conniption. Kickstarter conniption. This episode, we'll be talking about three games coming to Kickstarter or... GameFound or Backer Kit, uh, the first week of July. Melissa, start us off. So I'm going to be talking about our episode sponsor. And this is the 18 Hex Games Collection. It is coming to Kickstarter uh, potentially June 28th. And this is a collection of three different games. And each game is comprised of 18 hexes. Hence the name, the 18 Hex Collection. They each have different strategies, different looks to them. Pantheon is going to be a one to two player game. No, a zero, zero to two player game? How can it be a zero to two <laughs> You can imagine game? playing it. It's going to be great. All right. <laughs> Hextremadura is one to two players and ISO is one to three players. So these are not going to be big group party games. They're going to be more head-to-head games or cooperative games. Pantheon is an asymmetrical strategy game where you're constructing a monument to honor the deities. It's a 1v1 game or a solo game against a automated player. And then you have Hextremadora, and this is a solitaire exploration game but you could also play it cooperatively with more than one player. And you're exploring terrain and trying to uh, complete objectives to discover things. And then ISO is a, it's kind of an ice, they say an isometric world. It's the kind of the boxes that look three-dimensional when you look at them. It's flat, but it seems like it has Illustrated a three. cubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cube three-dimensional aspect to it. And this one is one to three players. And it says it will test your conception of space, trying to control the three dimensions. So these are, uh, it's a collection. All three games come together. They are small, compact, 18 hexes each. This is the 18 Hex Collection from Little House Board Games. Katie. Okay, so I'm talking about Pathfinder Revolution. This is a re-implementation of just a game called Revolution. And it's, it's being skinned with the Pathfinder world. It uses a lot of illustrations that if you're familiar with Pathfinder, um, you've probably seen these illustrations before. But it basically at its core is a bidding game. In this game, you'll have um, everybody starts with the same amount of tokens for bidding. There are gold, which are basically like um, like a single point type thing and then there's a blackmail that will always be whatever number of gold you've put on there and then there are um, forces which are red and they will 
um, always beat any of the other two, regardless of how many of those are played. You're trying to secretly influence these locations or people at these locations, and they give you different rewards. So everybody will put their bids down on a on a top, on a hidden board, and then reveal, hmm. and then everyone will compare those to see who has the highest influence in those sections, and they will gain the benefits. From that, if they're the winner, if you tie, no no rewards are given. Some of those spaces correspond to a board that is like a map of a town. Everybody's trying to gain points based on what's given in the locations. You can gain points from locations that are all in-game points, and they're worth a lot of points. So like 35, anywhere between 25 maybe, 25 and 50 points per location so you're trying to have a um dominating presence there so you're having most of your influence placed there but you can also gain points by just influencing the correct spaces on the board because some of the spaces that you can bid on will give you points during the game but they're smaller amounts like three or four or five for that single win and they really they do add up though when we played we played a three-player game. It was um, pretty quick because you're, you're all playing at the same time. You're all deciding how many you're bidding at the same time, and then you're revealing um, and then just resolving those bids. So, like I said, it really is a bidding game at its core. Hmm. Is it very Pathfinder-like? I don't know. Hmm. It, it, it's, you don't have to necessarily like Fantasy or Pathfinder, I think, to enjoy this game, though. Okay. Um, it is neat seeing some of the characters you might be familiar with so it's got from that the theme there. Okay, yeah, cool. So that is Pathfinder Revolution. It's coming to Kickstarter on July fifth. I think also maybe July fifth uh, coming to Kickstarter is uh, an addition from Wise Wizard Games to their Star Realms line. This new standalone game is called Rise of Empire. And like the two-player card game that you found in the other games, this will introduce uh, a bunch of new factions. This will be a 12-game legacy campaign, though. So in this one, you'll be playing with three brand new factions, the Consortium, the Scavengers, and the Kingdom. Uh, in the game, you will be playing over the course of 12 different scenarios, and players will be um, like permanently altering their market market card decks throughout the course of the game while tracking their wins and losses. Um, Players will be competing to achieve a bunch of different objectives in the game. They'll be earning campaign victory points and unlocking secrets. Um, And then basically they'll just be playing throughout the course of these 12 legacy campaign rounds, exploring and adventuring. And then at the end of the game, once they've finished playing through all 12 courses, they can use this content for uh, all their other Star Realms games. So they'll be able to incorporate this new deck and play uh, with all the other stuff that they have in their uh, other versions of Star Realms. So if you are a Star Realms player, uh, if you are a fan, you'll definitely want to check out their Rise of Empire uh, standalone game coming to Kickstarter, I believe. And I think that wraps up the Kickstarter conniption portion of our show. All right, so we're talking about our upcoming convention, which I didn't look at the dates for. But July 15th, 16th, and 17th. Exactly, in Atlanta. We're going to be hanging out at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, which is... Kind of a unique experience. It's not quite, it's not a board game convention. It is a Southern Fried Gaming expansion <laughs> <laughs> that incorporates a bunch of pinball games, video games, retro games, arcade games, as well as some additional 
crazy random things. Like when wrestling. You, yeah. When you guys went last time, did you, have you ever seen the wrestling? No. I peeked really in. I, I was glued to the pinball machines because I do love pinball. And even though there is a board gaming section. Did you make it to the board gaming section? We watched. We Very will. briefly. I, I played <laughs> cartographers in oh, the yes. cartographers tournament, oh, yes. which was five of us. Did you win? Someone from Tantrum House won. Oh, good job, Tantrum House. And, oh. and then we, we gave the, an unnamed person from oh, Tantrum House. Yes. I, I don't remember who it was, but we, we gave the prize to the other the non- person. <laughs> That's what I remember that now. <laughs> when you dominate the entire competition. It was kind of funny. That is funny. Uh, they do a bunch of other random things, which I've had an opportunity to just kind of peek into. Uh, one of the things they do is like an amateur wrestling full-on like boxing ring, guys jumping off the ropes, screaming fans around the outside edges. It was... The visual experience. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, they also do an 80s prom, which is a lot of fun. Uh, oh, my. Now I feel like I need to go. I need do. some. I need some big hair. You could crush it there. I would do it. <laughs> some of the people go I all out. To, we need to do the 80s prom one of these times. They come in like their powder blue tuxedos with their fluffy wigs, and it's, it's a great time. They've got like the... Uh, I wouldn't need the wig. My hair will do 80s perfectly. They got the disco balls, and you should just jump in there. You really should. I should. Live music. It's a, it looks like a good time. I, I mean, I'll do it with you, Sarah. Let's do it. We'll do it next year. <laughs> sounds like a plan. Uh, they also do a hot pepper eating challenge. So I think like the Carolina Reaper is from the Carolinas. South Carolina? North Carolina? Yeah, near Rock Hill, I believe. I'm not really up on my pepper trivia. Uh, but they, oh, I am. We watched several shows about <laughs> this recently. They do a live pepper eating challenge, and it is intense it is people sweating people getting crazy it was it was quite the show to check out and then of course there's a bunch of board gaming and video gaming that's cool (laughs) (laughs) yes it is so um i know in previous years we've done some panels and things are are you going to be in on any panels or hosting anything will we are in fact you might be helping and you might not even know it one of the things that they've asked us oh i'm sorry i'm pinballing (laughs) to participate in pinballing sorry oops oops i entered a pinball tournament at that exact time Melissa's be like i'm sorry i can't stop the balls are multi-ball winning the, uh, we are going to be hosting a Tantrum House game show while we're there. I don't actually know what hour we're slotted for, but we're going to be playing some fun games. Um, if you've ever tuned in to our like, 24-hour game-a-thons or any of the things where we've done like online trivia and things like that, we're going to be playing some games where you'll, as an audience member, have an opportunity to participate, and we will be giving away a bunch of prizes. We've got a couple sponsors for the show, so uh, it should be a really good time. I believe Jonah is definitely going to be there. I think Kevin and Melissa are probably going to be there. We'll be there Friday and Saturday. Perfect. They'll be there. And uh, yeah, we'll and, be just Hannah. hanging out. Oh, good. Perfect. And playing some games and, and giving away some fun stuff. So if you are going to be at the convention, make sure you hit us up for that session. Uh, one of the other things that I think Sarah and I are doing, I don't know if you guys are slotted for it. I don't know what time it is, is uh, designer speed dating. So they're opening up the show to have opportunities for board game designers to okay. come in and show off the prototypes that they're working on and kind of sit down at like a round table, kind of hop from seat to seat. And they're going to have a number of local publishers, um, some media people, people who've done a decent amount of playtesting will be able to sit down and let you give your pitch and kind of run through your game and give you some tips and suggestions on you know, just the things that they've seen in other places and things that they're interested in. I always enjoy doing that. Yep, I do too. It's um, always neat to see where some of these designers end up. Because um, I know a couple of them who started out just um, with a small idea. And then now they're working full-time designing games. 
Yeah, one of those is, I don't know what her last name is, for Tessa. Yeah. Um, demoed one of the games that she's now published at a Southern Fried Gaming Expo like three or four years ago. That's cool. Uh, and then I also had a chance to see her mansplaining game. Yep. Um, yeah, she co-designed that with um, Mondo Davis. And uh, looking forward to seeing the finished product on that one. Cause cool. That one has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was very hand-drawn and rough the first time I played a prototype of it, and now the art for it looks great. I think that one's getting published maybe by Gen Con or something. It's coming out sometime soon. I keep seeing finished art for it. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I, I'm definitely looking forward to playing pinball, if I a, hadn't already said that. Well, why, why don't you give just a brief little overview of what the pinball looks like at the Southern Fight Game So I've only been once, and that was last year. So obviously it's coming out of covid mm. and everything but there was a big conference like convention space convention space and there are just pinball machines lined up all around the outside there's pinball machines in the middle they had some nice spacing between the machines so you didn't feel too crowded but they're all set on to free play I was just about to ask if you brought a whole like bag of quarters with you or if it was free. Yes. <laughs> uh, at least all the ones I did was free. I think they, they all do are, yeah. have a tournament area and to sign up for the tournaments, I believe there is a entry fee for that. But I mean, tens and tens, like yeah. probably at there least probably 100. 100. But yeah. um, like pinball the actual machines. pinball, um, the pinball you have, I mean, you have um, decades of pinball. So right. you, you have, have early ones, yeah. you know, with. With hardly any blitz and yeah, bling there's to them. hardly any electronics. It's all just like flippers, right? And then you have some of the new releases that they have in special areas. Last year, Mandalorian was the big one that they had out. Um, oh, and I they're saw, still making like new pinball machines. Yes, I didn't even know that was a thing. Is still a thing. <laughs> so, Mandalorian was actually pretty cool. And they had, they like had a Stranger Things Stranger one. Things one. I think they had three or four main learners because it was very popular. They had, a good, they, they had a lot of people on that one. But even like the classics, the taxi and the whirlwind and all that was there. So fun it was kind house. of fun to do those that like you grew up on playing. So. Right. Yeah. I grew up playing pinball with my dad. So I have very fond memories. My parents are actually going to be coming down from Maryland for Aww. it. So we're kind of... So are you going to play pinball with your dad? Yes. It's going to be super nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're all going to... Play some pinball together and see who's who can... better. Are his, are his years of experience paying off? Yeah, yeah. Her dad's pretty good, but Melissa's really good too. I mean, I'm not good. I am terrible. I was say, at... I'm I'm truly horrible. But you know what? It's free play, pinball. so right. <laughs> just push the button again. <laughs> to play. So, so Kevin's kind of I think learned not to do like oh let's all play the same machine at the same time, like four player. Cause, cause then they just keep going for a long time. <laughs> You're just standing there watching. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the amount of time at the pinball machine might not be equal. I'm, I'm, so you guys have been, this will be your third or fourth year. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Third. So last year I would say overall, it felt like there were, I mean, there are a lot of people, but it felt like it wasn't, it didn't feel crowded. No, it didn't feel crowded last year. My question is, is it going to feel like, is, is it going to be like, I can't get to a pinball machine because it's going to be feel too crowded. Um, the year before COVID, um, Saturday was definitely very busy okay. in the, in the area with the arcade games and pinball mm. because it's free play. So, um, if you came a different time, like if you came earlier in the day, you stood a better chance of not having to wait in any lines. I never all. had to wait last year, which is great. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless it was like Mandalorian or something, but well, sure. 
the obviously the new release is going to be yeah. a line of people waiting okay. to do that one. Um, the Friday and Sunday there were no lines. Okay. But well, we're Saturday, probably going to be in Saturday there Friday and Saturday. Was, so. Saturday afternoon, there were sure. you probably seeing a little bit of a, a wait time on some stuff. Okay. So that's when you head over to the board game section. There you go. Play board games for a little while and then head back out. Cool. Yeah, they do have a number of different rooms in addition to those. So I know you guys are there for the pinball, but they also have a really large room that's just full of retro games. So they have like the old original Nintendos. And oh, yeah. and usually those games are hey, pretty full. Those aren't that old. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo first gen. You don't get too much. I mean, they, they also do have like Pong and like 30 the, years ago, the uh, Pac-Man I have, Pizza Hut arcade game. I have told my kids a few times about how I remember when Mario first came out. And like, Mom, you're older than Mario. <laughs> I don't understand. It's me, Mario. True yes, statement. I, I am. I'm sorry. And then they also have kind of a, an interesting room that I haven't spent a whole lot of time in, but they have like a developer room where they have video games that people are working on right now oh, that you cool. can try out and give them your feedback and stuff like that. So that's kind of neat. My kids played, uh, the, they had like an Oculus setup. Oh, yeah. And there was some brand new game that hadn't been released yet. They played that for quite a while last time. They also do a big werewolf tournament, and there are some board game like demos and things like that. So there's a lot of different stuff going on over the course of three or four days. And the crowds weren't bad ever. I mean, like she said, you know, even if you were standing in line, it was because there was like one person in front of you playing the game. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think, you know, I don't think it'll be like hours of waiting to get to your favorite and pinball not everybody machine. plays on melissa's level of pinball sure. so you might not have to wait very long yeah if it was kevin or i playing yeah, you know we'll I, really quick. I i think there's like three balls and they all kind of just go bloop 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 and i'm like oh there it went yeah, <laughs> yeah really really neat opportunity really good uh, group of people running that show too they've always shown some support to us during our tantrum con event which is always appreciated they usually make up make it up and uh, hang out with us so we always enjoy being able to be down there and help them out and do some fun stuff and put on the show um one other thing that i don't know if we've announced yet to anybody is our upcoming tantrum house house party have we talked about that yet on the podcast no here we go so september 1st through 3rd we're going to be doing an online event this will be a three-day uh streaming experience where everybody from tantrum house is going to be there playing games we are uh trying to finalize details right now we're looking for some sponsors and some other things so that we can uh fill the time well but basically we are going to be putting together a several day several hour show where we are going to be playing games that you can play along with us at home uh, you can learn a little bit more about it on our website if you go to tantrumhouse.com forward slash house underscore party I don't know. There's a button at the top. Go to the homepage and you can uh, just get the days for it. We've already created like the YouTube pages so that you can go ahead and like and subscribe and click the bell and all those things so that you don't get so you don't miss out. And then, yeah, we're going to be giving away a bunch of prizes, playing tons and tons of games. And we'll probably have some special like online escape room custom experiences where only a handful of people will have an opportunity to be involved in those. So if you want to learn more about those, if you want to sign up for those in advance, you can do that on our website right now. Just so you know, it's tantrumhouse.com slash house underscore party. But you can literally just go to tantrumhouse.com and click the three little lines at the top, and it'll get you really quick, real quick. Nice and easy. All right, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, are we talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Maybe next time. Maybe next time. I was saying, Ryan's not here. <laughs> get in here, yeah. Ryan. All right, see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House Board Game Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TantrumHouse.com. 
Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Berry Drive, that's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650.